The following is part of the teaching ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel in Barrie, Ontario. We believe firmly in proclaiming the Word of God without apology. For more information about our church, visit our website at harvestberry.ca or email us at info at harvestberry.ca. We trust that this message will challenge and transform you. Let's talk about things the church is not. We need clarity uh, because some of us can come with a mistaken notion about what the church is. And uh, so let's, let's talk about this. The church is not a social club. The church is not a service club. We're not, we're not Rotary. We're not Kiwanis. We're, we're not that. We're, we're not a nightclub, though sometimes we turn out the lights and have some fun. Uh, we're not a rec center. We're not a babysitting service uh, for children or adults. Uh, we're, we're not a self-help class. Uh, we're not an entertainment venue. We're not a social services agency. Uh, we're not an educational institution. Though all of those things in the list may happen, elements of those may happen here in the context of the church. But we're not any of those things exclusively. And if you're coming for one of those things, if you're thinking that's the reason why I'm coming, then you've missed the point of this. And all of the vision things that I'm going to share in a moment aren't even going to make any sense to you. Here's what we are. According to the scriptures, we're the body of Christ, with Christ himself being the head of the church. We're the pillar and ground of truth in a world that isn't terribly interested in the truth. We're the bride of Christ, awaiting a day when we'll be wed fully with our Lord and our God. We're a spiritual house, a, a temple of the living God. We're the city of the living God. We're the flock of God, shepherded by Christ himself. We are the people of God. And we are ambassadors or representatives of Jesus Christ in this world. And as such, we have a mission to accomplish in this world. And the purpose of this church and the life purpose of each individual in this church needs to be aligned with that mission that's been set out before us. And I have to say that Complacency and passivity, therefore, have no place in the church whatsoever. And that your comfort, your comfort is not the goal. It's not the aim of what we have in front of us. And from the moment I declare allegiance to Jesus Christ, I I hope this is true for you too. I hope you can say this. From the moment I declare allegiance to Christ, claiming the salvation he offers, I'm bound to him, not just in relationship, but bound to him in mission. Relationship is, I have Jesus, and it's awesome, but it's not the only thing. The mission is, I have Jesus, and I want you to have him too. And we need to have both of those things. In our lives, if we're truly bound to Christ. And we're going to get back to the gospel of Luke next Sunday. But as a preview of that and as a way of launching into all that I want to share with you today. I want you to look at Luke chapter 5 with me. And we're just going to look at a, a couple of verses. And again, it's part of next week's passage. Luke five twenty-seven and uh, 28. And this is the... Um, this is the call of Matthew uh, not to become one of the 12, 
That'll come later. But this is the call of Matthew to come into a relationship with Christ, to follow Christ. Let me just read this for you. After this, he, that's Jesus, went out and saw a tax collector named Levi, that's Matthew, uh, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. It's a whole sermon. Presumably, Matthew had already heard some things about Jesus and maybe even heard him teach. Jesus says, follow me, and notice now, and you can underline this, leaving, how much? Leaving everything. He rose and followed him. Now, this is the moment in which, in in the rising and in the following, this this is the moment that Matthew becomes a follower of Jesus Christ, a believer. It's the moment that he gets saved. And you can't miss how it's described. He's leaving everything. Now, in the context of the passage, likely refers to his job, his vocation, the whole tax collecting thing. He's walking away from it. But by by virtue of walking away from that, he's walking away from a certain lifestyle, from his connections, from his social interactions. He's, He's walking away from a lot. He's walking away from security and wealth. In, in, in that sense, he's leaving everything. We could say this, his loyalties and priorities underwent a radical shift in this moment. And listen, for anyone who becomes a follower of Jesus Christ, whether you do it at five years old or 50 years old, it represents a radical shift in your loyalties and your priorities. I'm going to press on all of that more next Sunday, but let me simply say this as we get into these vision initiatives for 2015 and beyond, that we're looking for nothing less than that. A radical shift in our loyalties and our priorities. It's the only way we're going to get this done. It's the only way that we can fulfill the mission that Christ has given to us in this world. And so by way of review, and uh, for some of you, if you're new here, this is going to be review for you. And... um, uh, or if you're new, you, you've never heard this before. If you've uh, been around here for a while, you're part of Harvest. It'll be reviewed. This will be a little synopsis of what we do in our Harvest Essentials uh, class. Uh, but this is what Harvest is about. And it, it, this is describing the context in which we're going to seek to fulfill this mission. And you can all be deciding whether or not you want to be on this program or not. So this is our mission in the world, to glorify God through the fulfillment of the Great Commission in the spirit of the Great Commandment. That's our mission statement. The Great Commission, make disciples. The Great Commandment, love God, love others. The context in which that we fulfill, that we fulfill this mission is this loving community of people who are passionate about Jesus Christ and in love with one another. And that love being a defining characteristic of the church of Jesus Christ. Now, uh, that's all a part of, we fulfill that as part of a spiritual house. As 1 Peter 2, 5 talks about a spiritual house. And so we're building that. And that spiritual house starts with the foundation of Jesus Christ. We have no other foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And so this church is founded on him. And then building out from that, we have these four pillars that define our values or what we do as a church. And we want everything that we do as a church to be one of or multiple of these four pillars. We don't want to be found doing things that don't fit with this because this is the mandate that the scriptures give us for the church. Unapologetic preaching. 
Let's get the word of God open. Let's hear what it has to say to us. Let's allow God to speak to us through his word and not apologizing for it, not softening it, but hearing exactly what God has for us. Unashamed adoration of God. We've sought to do that already here today. Let's lift our voices. Let's allow our passions to be heard and expressed towards a God who's done so much for us. Amen. Let's sing to him and adore him and worship him. Unceasing prayer. Uh, We believe that without prayer, nothing else matters. Everything else we do in the church, um, we need to have prayer undergirding that. Otherwise, we're doing it in our own strength, and it really is for nothing. So we need the power of God in what we do, and we call on him to give us that. And then a fourth unafraid witness that uh, we're just bold in uh, telling people, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. And those are the four pillars, how we're building this spiritual house. And all happens under the covering of or in the context of uncommon community. It's the great commandment to love one another. The second part of that, to love one another. And I'm going to say more about that in a moment. And everyone who's part of this, if you're in this spiritual house, then you're considered to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, then certain things are going to be true of you as a disciple of Jesus Christ. We call these the three W's. The first is to worship Christ. And uh, the first step in worshiping Christ is that you become a worshiper of Christ or you become a disciple of Jesus Christ. So I would just ask you this, under worship Christ, are you saved? Have you given your life to Jesus Christ? Have you been baptized as a testimony to that? We're going to baptize some people next week here. And uh, have you become a member identified with the local church? Uh, Are you part of this thing? And then are you making it a priority to be here on Sundays to worship with God's people in this corporate gathering that we have? And I hope that is a priority for you. And the alarming thing about the church today, the believing evangelical Bible teaching church today, the alarming thing is that there is this trend towards uh, less regularity in the gatherings, the corporate gatherings of the church. It's, a, it's an alarming trend for those of us who are leaders. Now, when I came to Christ uh, back in the mid-80s, uh, mid I mean, it was just a standard thing. When you were a believer, you prioritized those gatherings of the church at the time. Uh, there wasn't any small groups, so it was like Wednesday night, a prayer meeting and Bible study. And you go to Sunday school on Sunday morning. Uh, there would be adult classes, and then you would go to church on Sunday morning to the worship service. And then you would go to Sunday evening services. And I mean, that was just a priority and people went to that. You just, it it was just out of your mind that you wouldn't not go to that. Wouldn't even think about it. Today, the trend is this. People who would identify Harvest as their church home and say, this is our church home. We're part of this body. We're, you know, we're, we're in the family. They might come three out of five Sundays or four out of six or four out of the next seven And that's kind of the priority, but the trend is going toward less regularity, not more. And so people who now might be, you know, up until this time, they might have been, say, every four out of six Sundays were there. Now they might, in 2015 or 16, they might become three out of six people. And it's less of a priority. And some of that is our, we're we're much more mobile. We're we're not as, as stationary as we were. There's a lot more working on Sundays. But in some cases, it's just that for a lot of people, it's just not as important. And they'll say this, I'll be at church on Sunday morning as long as something better doesn't come along. And that's, to me, that's tragic. I I mean, I'd I'd rather, 
kind of flip that around. And really, if I'm going to have a toggle for default setting, it's going to be this. I'm not thinking on Saturday whether or not I'm going to church on Sunday. I'm certainly not waking up Sunday morning thinking whether or not I'm going to go to church on Sunday morning. My default setting is I'm going to church on Sunday. And, and it would have to be something pretty extraordinary to kind of get in the way of that. But I'm not just waking up wondering whether or not I'm going to be there. And that's the kind of commitment that we're looking for. We want to, and I just really think that we're the kind of church. I mean, God's doing an awesome thing here. Amen. And, and um, I mean, I, I, I would just like to think that I, I don't care about cultural trends. This church doesn't care about culture. We're setting a trend. We're establishing the kind of church we want to be before our God and accountable uh, to him in these things. So that's worship Christ. Secondly, walk with Christ. Pa- practice personal disciplines of, in the word and fasting and prayer and these things in our personal life. And then being in a small group, in a community with people. That's a primary way that we care for one another as part of uncommon community. And then thirdly, work for Christ. Find a place of service in the church. And um, if you're saying, well, I, I just don't know where I could serve if you're not already serving. And I'm pleased to say that in this church, we already know that eight out of 10 people who are here on a Sunday morning have some place of service in the church. And that's pretty extraordinary for most churches. But I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that we have that many. But I just, in case you're not involved or you're under-involved, I just happen to know about some openings that we have. <laughs> you should see how excited the staff gets when I say, hey, I'd like to do a little promo for your ministries. Uh, they're perfectly giddy. I mean, you saw how excited Jeannie was up here doing the announcements. Uh, she did a jig down on her level uh, in her office um, when she found out about this. And so... Um, Harvest Kids. Jeannie, you need some help over there? Harvest Kids. Yes, please. See how polite she is? How many people want to work for Jeannie? Come on. Right? So Harvest Kids Helpers. This is Sunday morning. Uh, We're not asking you to be a teacher. We're not asking you to do any prep before you come. Uh, This is uh, in all age groups up to grade five. Uh, We just need some people who would go in and love on the kids and support the leaders and teachers that are there. And we'd love to get you onto a schedule for that if you have some passion for our children. Uh, Easy, easy to recruit for parking ministry in January. I mean, this is a, it's like a no brainer, right? Um, Frontline troops, people, this is amazing. But I, I think, and this is what we hear, uh, people love when they're coming to the church to see uh, people out in the parking lot. You guys serve so faithfully out in the parking lot. Um, and uh, they love to have people just waving to them and uh, greeting them first thing as you're just coming onto the property. And so uh, we need some parking people um, to help with that ministry. Uh, tabernacle team. Uh, you know, the tabernacle, for those that don't know, the tabernacle, of course, was set up in Teardown Church before we ever did it. And uh, the Israelites were doing set up and teardown in the wilderness. And so our set up and teardown team, um, that also is, is uh, super easy to recruit to because people love getting up at 5.30 on Sunday mornings to come and, and put chairs out. But y'all are appreciating right now the fruit of of the labors of our tabernacle team this morning. And I know you want to thank them. Correct. And then uh, the the ministry area. So we need tabernacle people. David would love it if you would uh, chat with him. And then the the ministry area with the coolest name is the BAT people, B-A-T, the baptism assistant team. 
and uh, they help those that are getting baptized on Sundays, and, and that team will be at work next week. We need some people to help with that. That's very infrequent um, as we do baptism several times a year. And then we need some folks on production, uh, sound, video, uh, camera, cameramen we need, uh, projection, service director, training provided for all of those things. And if you're saying, well, I have some interest in doing what Steve is doing right back there or uh, what Ben is doing or David, um, you, you know, you want to get involved in that, then just let us know in training for all of that. That's all under uh, work uh, for Christ. Now, having said all of that, all of this happens in the context of uncommon community. And this is a family and how we communicate with you really matters. So we've settled what a disciple looks like, worship, walk, work. We've settled what we're supposed to be doing in the church. But then one of the things that can be really confusing as we seek to love each other and talk to one another and tell me this isn't true in a marriage, communication needs to work. Amen. Married people. Communication needs to work, and sometimes you need to talk about how communication works so you're loving each other in a way that makes sense to everybody. And so uh, let me just give you a little bit of why we communicate or how we communicate um, with you. And sometimes we do verbal announcements, and Jeannie did a few here, and we try to make those verbal announcements as uh, short as possible, as few as possible, because we want to be here worshiping the Lord on Sunday mornings. And our community news, what we're saying, what, what's coming up, that that's part of our worship, but um, we want to keep it to a minimum because honestly, any given week, there could be 15 things that we want to say, and we think there are better ways to communicate those things to you. And so some verbal announcements, uh, the e-bulletin that we put out on Fridays that you've all noticed, we don't do print bulletins. We're saving trees every week here at Harvest and uh, the money that goes with um, killing all those trees because uh, it was costing us upwards of 10 grand a year to do bulletins. So we're saving all of that, but you need to get the e-bulletin in your, in your box inbox on Fridays. We have other e-newsletters and email messages that go out. We have our website. Uh, how many people appreciate our uh, cool website? You've been to it recently. It's a great website, isn't it? Um, social media, connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, so website is, um, is an intro portal mostly for people who are new to the church, although you can access our teaching ministry there. But for all the family stuff, like for example, the DeBoers had a new baby uh, this week. Well, that news, all the family news is going to be pushed to our Facebook page. And so that's accessible to people who don't even have Facebook. Uh, that's available to you. And so uh, look for us there, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And um, now the ways you can connect with us, that's kind of all the ways we communicate with you. Uh, by phone, we still have those, uh, the actual landline versions. And we have uh, cell phones, of course, email, drop into the office, stop by uh, connections in the lobby and talk to us. And through the connections form in the black folders, Please hold those up wherever those are right now, because they should all be right down a line right here. They should all be in the f in first position. This section, you are so disobedient. You, Jeannie's even sitting in your section, and you didn't listen to her. Where are they here? Did you all start passing them back this way when I chastised them? Where are they here? Dio, why is it all the way over there? Margaret, too. What's going on? All right, so here's the deal. We, we want you to understand what we're doing with these, with these black folders. And inside is the connections form. And we, 
This is another way. Small groups is the primary way that we track with people. We get you into small communities where you can care for one another. But, and that's kind of a safety net with really small holes in it where it's really hard to get lost if you're in a small group in relationship with 12 people. But we also want to have this broader net. Holes are a little bit bigger, uh, but we still can, can catch some people and, and make sure everything's okay in their lives and track with them in their lives if you're filling in the black fold of the connections form every week. And so we ask you, if you're a regular tender, every week that you're here, fill that in and let us know that you're here. If you fill it in the first time, we have all your information in the database. Then all we need is your name and anything else that you might need that week. Any information, communicate with us. Please put your prayer requests on there. We get about 120 prayer requests every week that are prayed out by our prayer team, by our staff and our leaders. We want you to know we are praying for you. All those things are prayed for multiple times during the week. And so let us know through that connections form. And if you're a newcomer here today, you fill that in, then you're letting us know that you are here and we'll connect with you this week as well. And so please use that every week, fill it in. And you can actually do that now. And as you're doing that, if you'd like to start working in Tabernacle or parking or Harvest Kids or let us know right on. See why I made you wait for it? Um, Let us know. I'm ready to start serving and we'll contact you uh, this week. Now, all that to say, all of that preambles the vision discussion. and, And what I've said has everything to do with who we are so far and Now we need to talk about what's next, uh, what we do because of who we are. Now, four years ago, we set out to do the exact same thing. And we put some initiatives in front of uh, the church that we wanted to accomplish. And you might be wondering how we did with that. And so let's do a little report card on 2011. Um, The 2011 vision initiatives, we did them in March of that year. So about four years ago. Here are some things that we did, establishing a partnership with Harvest Glasgow Scotland, and we've had that partnership for the past four years. They are now released. They have their own elders, their own, they're self-supporting financially, so they're on their own. Uh, Bringing our oversight of Harvest Muskoka to a close uh, four years ago, and they are now a church that's just uh, rocking it and doing so well. Testing the waters for a campus in Collingwood and Wasega Beach, we did that. Returning to radio with a teaching program, Time to Change. We started that, got that on the air, and actually since then have brought it to a close. And so uh, accomplished, checkmark. Um, launching a biblical soul care. At the time, we didn't really know much about biblical soul care, and we kind of put it into Pastor Roger's hands, and we said, uh, teach us this and make this part of the fabric and life of our church. And I think those of us who have been involved in that for sure know how successful he has been in integrating that into our church. At the time, we wanted to bring on a new elder, Clem Bamacoli, and he's over here to my left, and a new worship director named Jordan Donald, and uh, both of those things have worked out pretty good, I think. Um, We love both of those men, and they're uh, a great part of our church family and leaders in our church. Um, 2011, we decided we were going to start looking for land more seriously, and seriously, we're still looking for land, so uh, it's not like we haven't been looking, and we are, and... uh, you know, we were, four years ago, I mean, we were releasing Muskoka. They'd been under our oversight. And four years later, they have land and they've got designed for a building. And I'm so happy for them. <laughs> really, I am. <sighs> um, 
And then celebrating 10 years of harvest in Canada, we had our 10th year anniversary. We celebrated all year long with a great uh, birthday party that year. And, and uh, it was a wonderful time. So I, you know, on our report card, anyways, for those eight things, I gave us check marks because we have been actively involved in pursuing all of those things, even though uh, not all of them turned out the way we wanted uh, them to necessarily uh, turn out. In addition, since 2011, we started pursuing um, a, uh, the possibility of a campus in Timmins, Ontario. And we had a great couple up there, Eric and Val Korshets, who are members of this church. And they, for the last three years, have really been laboring. We've sent a couple of youth teams up there. Several leader teams have gone up. And uh, the long and the short of it is, after giving it a very good go, we just realized we were not getting any traction at all. And uh, so we have brought that to a close and uh, this is the first really time that I'm telling the church that, but it was just a few weeks before Christmas that we decided we were not going to pursue Timmins uh, any longer. And um, I would just say this about all of the vision initiatives, and even as we establish the new ones, we're, I, I just want to tell you, as your pastor, I'm not afraid to fail. What I am afraid of is not trying. And so I just want us to be constantly reaching for something. And if that doesn't work out, we'll reach for something else, but we're never going to stop uh, trying to do things for the Lord. Amen? All right. So you ready to get into these 2015 initiatives? All of that was the intro. You're so excited, aren't you? Here we go. I know we want to sing that song at the end, so I'm on it. Here we go. More churches. Let's start with this. More churches. The mission of the church is missions, and the mission of missions is the church. In other words, we're to be about making disciples, and then planting churches for those disciples uh, to be in. And uh, we were that church plant in 2001 when Harvest Chicago had the vision, a group of people here in Barrie. Cheryl and I came up here and joined with them. Uh, what we see here today is the result of that. We've been blessed by that. We have a living illustration of that today because uh, you don't realize this yet, but there are a group of people who are going to stand up right now from Newmarket, Ontario, under... Here we go. Amen. And uh, I noticed that Kevin and Amy didn't sit with you guys. So, uh, <laughs> hey guys back there. And uh, Mike Armstrong's right here. And so we have a couple of folks who have been on our staff team here and been a part of this family and a number actually of the core group, the launch team for Newmarket were part of this church several years ago before you all started going down to York region. And uh, we're grateful for them. And they are launching March the 1st at Newmarket High School. Um, and so you know anybody in that area, just tell them Harvest is coming to Newmarket. It'll be a campus um, of Harvest York region with Pastor Paul and video and Mike as the campus pastor down there. And we couldn't be prouder of what's going on and more excited for them. Amen. Amen. Excited for that. So, <clears throat> so more churches, that's an illustration of it. So here's, here's what we're already doing. We're part of a family of churches called the Harvest Bible Fellowship. Most of you will know that. Uh, HBF is now 112 churches in 16 countries on four continents. And uh, we have our hands on, I would just say, we're not directly involved, obviously, in all of that, but we have our hands on all of it in a general sense in that 5% of all of our offerings that come in uh, go out to support the Harvest Bible Fellowship, the training and the recruiting and training of church planters, the encouraging of church planters, and the establishing of churches around uh, the world. So we're part of all of that, and our interest, in fact, is planting church planting churches. 
So when we plant a church, we want to instill the DNA that someday that church is going to plant churches as well. We want churches that reproduce themselves. And that's our general involvement. And specifically, we have had this partnership with, we've helped to plant Muskoka. We've helped to, to plant and support uh, Harvest Glasgow, and that's now released. But our major uh, partnership going forward now is with Cameroon in uh, West Central Africa. And I think we got a map there. And uh, hopefully, as good Canadians, you can all pick out Canada on the map, right? Yes? How many of you are nervous that you couldn't pick out Canada right now? It's okay. You don't need to confess that. A top left corner would be Canada. You can see where Cameroon is. And really, it takes a flight from Toronto uh, to Europe and then straight down to uh, Cameroon. And uh, we're excited about this partnership with them. And... Uh, we have a partnership group that we're leading. We're the lead church for this. And so we have five other churches. Uh, Har- uh, Harvest Glasgow, Scotland, which was our partner church, is now part of the support group uh, for Cameroon. And then four other churches in the U.S. that are part of this. And uh, we are equipping leaders in support of pastors Ibu Akum and Joe Akuo um, and uh, funding projects and sending short-term teams uh, this coming year. We're going to have five small strategic teams that are be- being sent uh, by uh, various partner churches to equip and serve Harvest Douala and the large launch of Harvest Bamenda. And uh, Terry Codling, who's right down here in front of me, he is our global ministries uh, coordinator, and he's doing an amazing job of overseeing all of that on our behalf. So we're excited about that partnership. We had hoped to have Pastor Abua uh, here with us back in the fall, uh, but he could not get a visa to come into Canada. So uh, that was uh, sad for us. While he was here at Harvest U, we thought we could have him over, and uh, we'll try again to uh, make that happen in the coming years. Now, that's our direct church planting uh, efforts. We also know that it's necessary to have a pipeline of leaders that are being trained and equipped to be in vocational service. And sadly, more and more parents are not thinking that Bible college and seminary is a good route for their uh, sons and daughters. And I'd like parents to reconsider that. And at the moment that you're dedicating your child to the Lord, to really dedicate your child to the Lord for whatever the Lord would have for your child. And one of the places that we're excited to be uh, really reestablishing our partnership is with Heritage College and Seminary. This is in Cambridge, Ontario. There are a number of uh, alumni of that school who are part of our staff and leadership team here at Harvest. And um, Dr. David Barker and Jeff Swan, where, where are you men right now? Are you in the room? Uh, standing right back here. We're excited to have them here today, and they do have a display out in the lobby. You should stop there and talk to them. But we've reestablished our financial partnership with them to come along and support them in what they are doing to support us in training leaders, getting them prepared to plant churches. Now, as far as what we want to do more locally in terms of planting, someone said uh, the least expensive way to plant a new church is to start a second or third service. And so in uh, 2003, as we were growing, just two years out from planting, we needed to uh, start a second service. 2005, we were still in our old venue. We started a third service on Saturday nights, so we have some experience with that. Then in 2005, later in the year, we moved here to Timothy. The venue was uh, larger, much larger, so we moved everything back to Sundays. But now we're starting to feel, not necessarily because we're pressed numerically. First service is definitely fuller than second, uh, but we're feeling from an outreach point of view, there are no uh, Bible teaching churches, no churches like ours that have a Saturday night service in the city of Barrie. And so in terms of 
planting locally, the more churches idea. This is new initiative number one. We want to launch a Saturday evening service um, at some location in Barrie sometime in 2015. And we've not uh, necessarily, again, run out of room, but this is a, a decision around mission. And we want to reach uh, more people uh, for the Lord. And we have had a discussion with uh, Timothy Christian School about having that service here. We just can't seem to make the details work around that. And so this is really giving us the impetus uh, to expand our reach to another part of the city. Uh, We don't have a lot of details around that. We're still trying to figure out how the whole thing would work. But we are looking for another venue in the city to have a Saturday night service that we will start at some point. And what that means is more commitment. Because we're going to need usher and greeter teams and parking teams and and potentially set, set up people, and we're going to need uh, worship people to commit in more, and Jeannie's going to have to recruit some children's leaders, and so it's going to mean more commitment, and uh, just what uh, y'all are going to do in Newmarket uh, one time, we want to do that again in a third service, and so uh, pray for us as we uh, pursue that. All right, more churches. Here's a second area, more compassion. Uh, what we're already doing, we have several partnerships that we would categorize under compassion uh, ministries, and we are committed to our ongoing uh, relationships with. And if these partners could stand, as I say their names, uh, the Berry Pregnancy Resource Center, Kathy Peterson is here. If you could just stand, Kathy, thank you. And um, the uh, Berry Food Bank, Peter Sunborg, you're here somewhere, Peter. S- uh, stay standing for a minute, partners. And uh, the Children of Promise Orphanage in Nigeria. Dio Doe's here. Dio, thank you. And uh, we're grateful. These are folks who are doing Matthew 25, the least of these kind of ministries. And we're just excited to be able to partner with them to impact uh, Nigeria through uh, an orphan home. And then here in the city of Barrie through the food bank and the pregnancy resource center. We're excited for these partners. They have displays in the lobby. Please stop by and see them. So thank you very much for being here as well. Now, in addition to that, so that's financial partnership. That's we're praying for you and supporting you as best we can. But we also have a lot of members of our church who are involved in different kinds of compassion ministries. Maybe you volunteer with the PRC or with the food bank. We have a number of members of the board of the Berry Food Bank who are members of this church. Some who go in and help. We have people who help with Out of the Cold. Lots of volunteering going on in our church Uh, into Compassion Ministries, and we love that you're doing that. So that's kind of all what we're doing. But now listen to these two new initiatives that we would like to pursue. And these have flowed out of um, our members meeting we had back in the fall as we had some discussion groups around all of this. New initiative number two, that we will work toward the establishment of a post-prison ministry in partnership with Prison Fellowship Canada and other local partners. In conversations uh, that I've had with uh, Mayor Jeff Lehman and local service agencies here, this is an area of great need in our city, and most of us are not aware, but the super jail up in Penetang, when an inmate is released, uh, they uh, put that inmate in a van and they drive them to Barrie. No matter where they're from in Ontario, they get driven to Barrie with a how do you do and, um, you know, good luck. And what that does is that puts a lot of strain on the social service agencies here in the city because many choose to stay here. But there are some challenges with this. Without proper supports in place, most former prisoners will reoffend. If they get into the shelters, they're with other known offenders and associates, 
and uh, cons- uh, they start to conspire about the next thing uh, that they're going to do in the absence of real supports. And I believe there's a great opportunity here, again, for a Matthew 25 type ministry, a hands-on ministry to the least of these in our city, those who have been in prison. And uh, we're grateful to have John Miller here today. And where's John? Is he in the service? He's probably going to be in second service. He has a display out in the lobby, and John has been a member of our, was a member of our staff for many years. He's now with Prison Fellowship Canada, and we're excited to be partnering with them and beginning a discussion about how we establish a post-prison ministry. And again, not much detail on that yet. It's a vision thing that we're going to work on over the next uh, few months. Some of you, I know, will be excited about being involved in that as it comes, uh, comes to be. New initiative number three is something we can all be involved with. We want to increase our personal investment in local compassion ministries by 5,000 hours annually. Now, right now, we know a number of you give so many hours a week or a month to various compassion ministries, and we want to amp that up. And a lot of this flows out of this little discussion. Somebody said, if, if, you're, if Harvest Bible Chapel were dis- to disappear from Barry tomorrow, would anybody miss it? And I, and I think we would miss it, but would people in the city miss it? Would they even notice? And if, if, you're, if our people, if the members of this church are out in the community giving 5,000 hours a year to serve in Compassion Ministries, then if we weren't here, that would be noticed. And we want to do this for the glory of Jesus Christ to be making an impact, again, on the least of these in our city. And so this is all going to be personally driven uh, what we're going to do in terms of support is we're going to begin contacting our partners and we're going to uh, add some other partners to it. And we're going to say, uh, how could people from our church volunteer with your ministry? Uh, we're going to provide contact information and then we're going to keep um, a log and a counter there where you can report and say, hey, look, I gave three hours to the food bank this month. We're going to log all of that and uh, see if we can't reach 5,000 hours in a 12-month period of time from the time that we launch it. So I hope you're excited about that. We're excited about the potential impact this has in Barrie and in Simcoe County and beyond. All right, more churches, more compassion, more discipleship. What we're um, already doing, of course, is small groups and flocks. We're committed to the current model of Um, providing spiritual care, study of the word, accountability, prayer, worship, community, all of this at a really personal level. Biblical soul care is part of our discipleship. We've trained and are training an increasing number of people who are able to provide varying uh, levels of soul care one-on-one in our small groups, in our flocks, and as advocates and lay counselors in the more intensive situations. We're grateful for all of those people. I love it when, uh, when someone who's coming for counseling to see Pastor Roger uh, they, they have someone else with them. They have an advocate with them who's walking the entire journey with them. And it's such a great model for counseling and helping one another in our discipleship. If you're interested in soul care, we have another basic training course that's starting on, on January 13th. That's a Tuesday night. And then concerning discipleship, we have a, I believe we have a culture of invitation. And some of you have uh, people here today that you invited to come and be part of this. There are people who are members of our church who at some point were not, but were invited to come here. And uh, we love that culture of invitation where every member feels comfortable inviting friends and family to come and see uh, what God is doing here at Harvest. And, um, and so we, we, we just understand. We, we did a survey on this. And uh, half the people who have made Harvest their home, 
Half of them came here because of personal invitation. The rest, the other half came because of radio or web or they saw a sign when they were driving by. But fully half is because someone said to them, hey, would you come to church with me this Sunday? And so that's the way people are coming to church and coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And we're going to continue to use all the other methods of doing that, having a great website and other promotional and communication vehicles, um, radio, social media, all of that. But invitation matters, and we want to continue to cultivate that in our church. So new initiative number four really relates specifically to biblical soul care. We're excited about um, Harvest Muskoka leading a charge here uh, to establish a residential intensive counseling facility in the Muskokas. That could take several years to bring to fruition, but we are going to be a part of that uh, along the way as Muskoka leads the charge with that. More churches, more compassion, more discipleship, more leadership. Uh, What we're already doing, continuing to develop leaders almost exclusively in the context of small groups using the Uncommon Leadership Curriculum. Uh, We're looking for those who show initiative and are proving themselves to be servant leaders in our small small groups and in other areas. Uh, We are in process already, I'll let you know, of uh, adding to our existing elder board. We're in process of incorporating the church. We have been, for those who are interested and know these things, we have been a charitable trust, and we are finally taking steps to incorporate the church. There'll be new governing documents, and we will be bringing them to the church at some point this year. We remain in need of a treasurer and an assistant treasurer to round out our finance team at this point. Um, Two pastors, myself and Dan Brubaker, and two of our elders, Terry Uh, Codling and Dave McDonald are the finance team and are functioning in effect as the treasurer for our church. We want to find someone who's very gifted and capable in the area of finances uh, to ensure the continued careful stewardship of what God entrusts to us financially. All right, that's more leadership. No new initiatives there. Just kind of stay the course, keep doing what we're doing. And then uh, more room. Yeah, here we are. So we're, gra- we're very grateful for the office, what we have. Uh, we're grateful for the office facility that we own on Bayfield Street. We own that uh, debt-free and outright. We're, uh, we're uh, certainly grateful for the opportunity to be here at Timothy uh, for Sunday worship, for Tuesday youth, for Wednesday night Awana. Here are some new initiatives. Mm, number six is new-ish. Um, number five, new initiative, um, pursuing the purchase of an interim ministry center that would allow for office space, ministry training, and the potential to host a Saturday night service. Currently, we have an office on Bayfield that is around 3,400 square feet, and uh, we're starting to feel the strain of that, particularly in the area of parking. Um, we're looking for something in, in the eight to 10,000 square foot range that would not be enough to accommodate um, our worship Uh, We use about 40,000 square feet here on Sundays. So if you're not sure about square feet, we're looking for about a quarter of this to be offices, ministry center during the week, and potentially to host a smaller Saturday night service. We would want to own that. So we're looking for something to buy. This will necessitate the sale of the current office on Bayfield Street. So that's something we're pursuing. Uh, New initiative, again, new-ish initiative number six is to continue to look for land or an existing building that we could purchase as a long-term facility for our ministry, uh, believing that that would serve our ministry in a greater way. We uh, do plan to put a task force together sometime this year uh, to work through existing options, of which there are many. And uh, we have uh, gone through dozens and dozens and dozens of options for us in land and building. 
We have uh, knocked on doors, pushed on doors, and uh, none at this point have opened to us. And so we'll continue to pursue and pray all of that. Those are our six new initiatives. We're excited about uh, those. Those are going to keep us busy, I believe, uh, in both being uh, for the Lord and doing for him in his name. And so as we think about all of that, let's, uh, let's talk money for a second, okay? You good to talk about the money for a second? Not so much? Yes? All right. Uh, we're so grateful. So grateful to the Lord for all that he's been doing and providing for us. And I know that you have been very faithful and generous in your giving and funding the mission that's before us. Let me give you a little recap. This is just the offering side, the revenue side of the ledger uh, for 2014. We don't have all the expenses in. We can't close that off yet for a few weeks. Um, and we will bring a report when that comes. But in 2014, uh, you gave 23, on average, $23,543 a week. Uh, for a total of $1.22 million last year. Um, Much to be grateful for in that number, for sure. Amen. Our operating uh, accounts at December 31 then all showed this. These are all balances. Our operating and savings account showed $70,000. Our building and land fund is $338,000. That's equivalent to one acre of land in the city of Barrie. So we have a little ways to go. Um, our Hope Fund has a balance of $6,000 and a largely as a result of um, some memorial gifts that were given in the name of Luke Ninkovic. And so we're grateful for those donations that have come in and the blessing that that's going to be back out to others. Um, the more campaign, I know you're eager to hear this. Uh, our target was $75,000 and we brought in $75,350. So, <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> which means we get to fully fund the projects we had for 2015 and put $350 into the land fund, which that's going to go a long way. So, <clears throat> And then uh, we have our building asset. Uh, again, the uh, office on Bayfield valued at around $550,000. So we're grateful for all of that. In 2015, then, we need... Uh, the, the budget is really just a very modest increase over what we did in 2014. 2015, we need 23000 uh, $974, call it 24000 a week, um, uh, for a total budget of $1.246 uh, in 2015. And so what that means is we need to be uh, faithful to what we've already been doing, and we need to uh, have some of you who have not signed on yet to, uh, to agree to uh, join with us in this. And uh, would you agree we have a lot to be thankful for? We're trying to lay our hands on some things, and so let's not let up on the gas in this, uh, because there's still a challenge for us to keep at it. If you're faithful, keep being faithful. If you haven't been giving or you've been under giving, then please uh, consider your part in helping us fulfill the mission that God has entrusted to us here. There's no, I'll say this with great confidence, there's no more important work being done in the city of Barrie in the county of Simcoe than what we and other like-minded churches are doing here for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Amen? No more important work than what we're doing here in seeking to point people to Jesus Christ. So let's all see our part in that. A couple of things I just want to let you know, and we're going to sing. Um, for your calendar, six things here. Uh, first of all, Jeannie's already mentioned the Free Indeed Men's Conference. That's this month, towards the end of the month. This is Harvest Ontario uh, hosting this at Harvest Oakville. Uh, we have a bunch of men who already signed up for this, but men, let me add my voice to uh, Jeannie's. I'm 
going with my two sons and men. You need to sign up for this. It's a short conference, Friday night to Saturday afternoon. And uh, so uh, come, be part of that, be challenged, work on who you are as a man, as a husband, as a father. It's going to be a great time together with other men. Uh, WOW uh, Harvest Women's Conference, this is in cooperation with Cross Trainers in Bradford. That's in May. Uh, So we're doing a men's conference, a women's conference. Uh, Come be part of that. That's right here uh, at Timothy. Uh, We're partnering at least in a support capacity with Emmanuel Baptist Church just down the road on an apologetics conference called Thinking in April. Again, we would invite you to sign up for that. The cost of that is minimal. Information is available for that on our website. High Five Day Camp in July. Jeannie said uh, that, according to Jeannie, most important thing we do all year long is in July at High Five. So um, it is a ridiculous amount of fun, and I hope you can come and be a part of that as a volunteer, but sure to get your kids and other neighborhood kids to come to that. Um, Excited about this in October, a Marriage Matters Conference with Trent and Andrea Griffith. Uh, Trent is the uh, lead pastor at Harvest in Granger, Indiana. He and Andrea have done uh, dozens and dozens of uh, marriage conferences over the years. Uh, he's, uh, they are a great couple, and they're going to come and bless us. So mark that on your calendar, early October, and then late October, Harvest University in Chicago. We'd love you to come and be part of that great event. Now, just before we pray, I'm going to have Terry come up and pray for us in just a moment, and we are going to sing. Uh, but on your way out, you're going to get this card And uh, we're just launching a prayer initiative with this card. You're all going to get this. It outlines the kind of what we're doing under each of the categories, more church, more space, all of that, more churches, Um, what we're doing, and also the the six initiatives. Take that, pop it in your Bible, put it in your prayer journal, put it on your fridge, and pray for these things as an individual and as families and couples for what God has laid in front of us. If you have any input, questions, comments about any of this, uh, elders at harvestberry.ca. Uh, Send us an email. Uh, let us know that um, uh, what you want to say about all of that. Terry, why don't you come up and pray for us? I'm not sure I have a microphone for you. You're going to go up there. Terry's going to take care of that. And as soon as uh, Terry is done, the uh, worship team's going to come out and lead us in a closing song. Sound good? All right. Thanks so much for listening. We always love hearing about the work God's doing in our listeners. If God's been doing a work in you, send us an email at info at And remember, you are loved.